ladies and gentlemen, gentle listeners. This is The Gas Giants with a new episode for your entertainment and your education, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you're feeling like. Join us when, right now, we are going to be discussing Ang Lee's 2007 film of an Eileen Chang story, Lost Caution. And which the title of the of the story is exactly the same as the as the movie. Yes. Uh, so there's no no at- attempt whatsoever to sort of like make a you know a big distinction there. Well, there is uh, in the original Chinese there is uh, there is actually a joke in the title, or not really a joke, a kind of double entendre, if you will. Uh, lost caution sounds uh, apparently very much like, or maybe the, the ideograms look the same or something, as a uh, coloured stone. Ah. Uh-huh. Which is, uh, and the, this is something around which the whole story more or less revolves. Right, But yes. we'll get into that. Yeah, the coloured stone. Now, I actually, for a while when I was reading the story, uh, I was wondering if it had originally been written in Chinese, but I think I confirmed that later, right? Yes, yes. I, I mean, um, we read a trans- up- we'd read a translation from Chinese into English. Exactly. Yeah. Because uh, we we decided to do this uh, because we'd suddenly you and I had suddenly decided not to do something else, and so I uh, stood in front of my bookcase. And uh, and quickly prepared a list of of shows that we could put together uh, fairly fairly rapidly. I mean, it's not really uh, terribly easy this format, as you know. Tom is in Boston and Gav is in Porto, but often getting hold of artifacts uh, can be quite difficult. Yeah. So I, I put together a list. And uh, and then Tom made me annotate it with various uh, asterisks in different colours, which I suspect was just because he doesn't like me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when I'd done this, he pronounced himself satisfied, and uh, and I I put forward this story by Eileen Chang. Uh, which I had I'd picked up the book on impulse in uh, a sort of uh, you know a cheap book sale, a clearance sale, and I'd uh, read this first story in it because it's a it's a, a collection of, of short stories, and for some reason it was one of those things that just stuck with you. I kept mm. thinking about it and turning it over in my mind, and so then when I when I suggested uh, the story to Tom. We then fairly quickly discovered that there was a, a movie by Ang Lee, uh, and it had been made not all that long ago. So uh, I quickly got hold of the DVD, and we had a look. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I got I got it rented on um, on on Amazon. Yeah. Now I I, um, I ordered it and bought it, and it's in Chinese with subtitles. So. Uh, we are going to be dealing with some spoilers in this show. So if you'd like to go and see the movie and you haven't seen it yet, uh, maybe you should pause this show now and uh, go off and watch a two and a half move, uh, hour long movie in Chinese with subtitles. Or, uh, or, read, or, read, or read the story. Or read the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot shorter. 
Angeles. That's true. Um, and that is actually something that's pretty amazing, isn't it? I, uh, yes. This is a 30-page long story. Yep. It's not, it's it, it's uh, sometimes described as a novella, nah. but it's actually about 3,000 words too short for, for even the shortest novella. It's a, it's, and, but, but it's a short story. It's obviously a short yeah. story. It's got the, it's got the structure and feel and, and, and ending of a short story. It's a short story. Yeah, it is. And yeah. yet uh, somebody's managed to make a two and a half hour long film about it. Yes. Yes, they that's, have. That's, that is amazing. Um, it really is amazing. It's, uh, yes. And oh, no, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a huge testament to the power of this uh, of this uh, material, and also if you realise that uh, that Eileen Chang spent twenty years trying to write this story. Well, that's we hear things, read things like that. But I mean, for how much of those twenty years was she working on that? Hmm. It was an idea no, that no, came and no. went, and she never got it done. No, it's uh, it's it's not like that. You you start off with something, then you you. You don't know where all. Basically, uh, I mean, I've, uh, I I write a little bit. So you're and, projecting. Uh, you're projecting your experiences so onto I'm, onto this. Yeah. Well, yeah? I'm try I know how it is when you write. That sometimes isn't there something know where that's personal? Fit. Isn't there something that's personal that different writers experience differently? Yeah, but there's some things that are the same for everybody. You don't. You can see this in in uh, in the way that people do things. You don't always know where all the pieces fit, and you carry them with him. You can often carry them with them for 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 years, and then you suddenly know where they fit. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Anyway, and trying I, to write for twenty years sounds like um, sound. Sounds like it could mean one thing when something very different. So having attempt yeah, at it once it or twice. Yeah, it sounds a bit like that guy in in Camus' uh, The Plague, who's who's trying to write the perfect sentence, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or or, or 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 somebody or or somebody who has completed after twenty years the most amazing model railway setup, and and you look at it and you think, yeah, that totally did take twenty years of work. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not that. Uh, I think this takes us too far afield. Maybe <laughs> well, we should. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should start. By I mean, talking. you started this episode by saying that this will be for your entertainment and education. Oh. <laughs> it's like perhaps edification, but definitely not education. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, what do you want maybe. to start with, the film or the or the story? I think we have to start with the story, and we have to start with Eileen Chang. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Eileen Chang, or uh, in Chinese, uh, Ching Eileen, uh, I'm probably, uh, Chang Eileen, yeah. I'm probably murdering that name, uh, was born, oh God, I should have some dates here, shouldn't I? Yep. <sighs> you said we should start with Eileen Chang. Yes. Well, we should. But, we could start um, with the context of the story. It's, yeah, where to start, really? There's so much here. And I'm sorry if we're going to get a little bit lost here tonight, guys, because uh, this is a, a number of very, very deep rabbit holes. Well, it's a lot of interesting... Uh, there's a lot of interesting history and culture that this touches up against. I think that's yeah. the important point. Okay. She was born in Shanghai in 1920. 
and uh, she was supposed to go to uh, university in Hong Kong. Uh, in about a th- oh no, she no, she was supposed to go to university in London. Yeah. In uh, and uh, she won a full scholarship. The, yes, that's yeah. right. And the 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 war came in uh, in the way, and she ended up ha- going to Hong Kong instead. Yeah. Um, most of her fiction actually deals with either Shanghai or Hong Kong. Yes. Both of these places, uh, even when, of course, she was uh, away from it. She, uh, so she lived in, um, lived in Hong Kong and then, then uh, Shanghai again uh, during the war. Of course, the, uh, the Second Sino-Japanese War had started in 1937. Although there's a bit of discussion about when exactly it kicked off, but it kicked off in 1937, more or less. And um, then sort of uh, carried on into the, after Pearl Harbor, into the, into the Second World War and went on till 1945. She married, she started writing. She married a man who was uh, actually vaguely involved in the collaborationist government, in her uh, Japanese collaborationist government during the war, which meant that after the war, uh, although she'd already divorced him, um, she had kind of a black mark against her name. She'd also written a certain amount for, for, of journalism for uh, magazines, which were kind of set up by the collaboration government. That husband actually turned out to be a bigamist as well, didn't he? Yes, there was yeah. that. And uh, an abusive and, yeah. and a womanizer, yeah. So after the war, she wrote, uh, she actually worked for a while writing screenplays for films, which was the only work that she could, she could kind of get, uh, eventually leaving uh, for America, where she lived until her death in 1995. So when did she leave, uh, when did she come to live in America? 1949, was it? Yeah. Yeah, now, yeah, something like that. I had read somewhere on the, somewhere on the internets, of course, uh, that some of her writing had been in English. Yes. Now mm. this is uh, th- this is the the whole thing about Eileen Chang, Chang Eileen, uh, was that she was given both names at birth, and uh, and she was she was brought up bilingual. Yeah. And and she came from a um, basically an upper middle class family. Um, yes. And, I mean, the, the themes that are so, uh, so strong in the, in the book and, uh, and, to an ex- and in the movie, I guess, have a lot to do with that, that middle-class social life in Shanghai. Certainly, yeah. And student life. Yes. Yeah. Which, of course, she'd, she'd both experienced at first hand. Right. And she was, a, she, uh, she was a, a, an extraordinarily glamorous-looking lady. Yeah. And uh, and uh, designed a lot of her own clothes and all this kind of stuff. So she was she was uh, definitely into that. She also actually designed the covers for most of her books. Oh, really? Um, she, I mean, the but she also described. I mean, what I find so interesting, I mean, one so appealing about the the story is is how how deftly it describes the uh, the, the social situation, the the, pri- the priorities about beautiful clothes, beautiful decorations, hmm. uh, and, um, and social etiquette of, yeah. 
of, of Shanghai then. It was all about shopping and clothes and what restaurants you go to yes, and so forth. Yes, very much. Yeah. And, yeah, whose who's house you met in and all this kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, and, uh, and, and these women, but yes, <laughs> and there's, yes, there's a very much a, 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 a wives culture there where the, the men do whatever work they do and the wives parade around whatever wealth they can in, mm-hmm. in a constant uh, flow. I mean, a full, a full schedule of mm-hmm. mahjong play and restaurants and shopping trips and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because most of her literature happens in um, in the middle of a war situation, but uh, but she kind of doesn't talk about the war at all. Yeah, it's just this sort of kind of noises off, and uh, and this life is going on completely, kind of oblivious to it. Yes, or yeah, um, which again is a very very interesting content. I mean, there's all sorts of things very, about yeah. the war around them, like. The fact that people are buying things using gold bars because because mm-hmm. currency difficulties, um, the uh, different various things are in shortage. People have families have have moved because of the war and so forth. But these are all sort of peripheral, and they're carrying on the um, the, the the etiquette of of life as though there wasn't a war on, and that that is that is super interesting. Um, yeah. And, yes, it is. And it's a it's something that I read. Uh, somebody posted a story, you know, a short essay that somebody had written. Um, don't know if I shared it with you, Gavin, but mm. it was written by somebody who um, has travelled somewhat, but a young person who's from Sri Lanka, and they had uh, some pretty bad catastrophes recently, and he was talking about how, you know. Uh, this is what collapse is like. It's things are horrible. Things are going on and you carry on, uh, thinking about what's for dinner. Yeah. Yes. You did share that with me. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was very interesting. And I thought that's probably yeah. very, very true. I mean, because it co- does correspond to a various literature that we, and, and that we've, that we've considered together, isn't it? Yes, certainly. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, it, it seems like almost, the only thing you can do is to try to pretend that everything's fine. Yeah. Or, or, or what you're going to go and find. You don't even have to pretend. Maybe I think, I think the everyday life just inserts itself. Yeah. You know, no, you're right. It's not pretending, is it? Yeah. It's, it's strange, yeah. I mean, um, either, that's what never get talks talked about. Either you go off and uh, either you go off and do something with the war, or you don't. Which, of course, is exactly what happens in the story. So let's in get the to story. the story. Let's get to the story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what happens in the in the story is um, basically to start off with a, a group of students, including uh, oh god, now I've actually had to make out a cheat. <laughs> The sheet sheet of everybody's name here yeah. and who they are in the film and who they are in the book. Yeah, I only I only got a, got got. I, in the end, I I gave up with a lot of the names. There's really only two that are important. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, 
Jaji uh, is important. Um, right, she's our central character. She's our central character. She's uh, a young student who's um, who's in Hong Kong at the start of the movie, and uh, or at the start of the story, really. Yeah. And is in a. Um, she's studying, and she's asked by uh, by a very charismatic Quan Jumin a fellow student to uh, take part in a uh, in a drama group and the drama group is going to be performing patriotic uh, sort of nationalistic chinese drama uh, which is all going to be done for help to help the war effort because of course at this stage the second sino japanese war has kicked off and uh, and they do this, and uh, it's it's very successful, and it gets a lot of people uh, on their feet and shouting. It brings in quite a lot of money, but um, fairly soon, Quang Jumin points out that there could be a more direct way of doing this because he has uh, made a chance encounter with somebody he knows, who is on the periphery of what is then to become the collaborationist government. And there is a uh, Mr. Yi, who is um, at the moment trying to recruit people for the in Hong Kong to, uh, to be part of this government and to, to take part in, in, uh, in peace with the Japanese and forming a sort of puppet administration. And uh, they point out that, you know, they could actually assassinate this guy, just take him out. So this group of students um, then put themselves together uh, and uh, start making fake identities for themselves. They rent a big house using money that one of them has. Uh, They rent a car, they rent some clothes, and they set up a sort of successful businessman, because businessmen are known to be apolitical, and... um, and try to uh, make the acquaintance of Mr. Yi so that uh, Jaji can get into uh, into the the circle and seduce him. And Jaji uh, is playing the wife at this stage. So um, that all uh, starts up and actually starts basically moving along and working. And uh, just at the moment when it looks like they're going to be able to, uh, to, to assassinate him, when it looks like he's taking the bait, um, he suddenly gets called away to Shanghai and the whole, because the whole government is moving to Shanghai. And Xiaoji uh, feels like she's done the whole thing for nothing, particularly as she's also surrendered her virginity to uh Quang Juming because obviously you know she couldn't pretend to be somebody's wife if she was a virgin so they sort of worked out that he was the only one who'd done it before so he might as well get on with it um now uh, in the film this is one of the areas where the film actually differs from the from the book the uh the uh Quang Juming's original contact uh, the guy who who introduced him to uh, to Mr. Yi uh, discovers them all cleaning up the house and uh, and putting everything away, 
and um, realises that they're part of the resistance and tries to blackmail them, at which point they all kill him. And yeah. this is one of the most violent uh, and quite shocking parts of the film, actually, the, the, uh, the, mur- the murder of this guy. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, then um, Pearl Harbor happens and uh, Hong Kong falls. The Battle of Hong Kong is 1942, I think. And uh, the Japanese occupy Hong Kong, at which point um, shipping between Hong Kong and Shanghai opens up again and the university in Shanghai opens up so Jiaqi uh, goes back to Shanghai with the idea of continuing her education and trying to get whatever education she can there she uh, encounters Quang Jumin again who tells her that uh, that she was uh they they were contacted by the resistance shortly after the the murder who came in clean they'd been watching them came in cleaned everything up sorted everything out got everybody out and uh they said that their attempt at uh, at uh, assassinating mr yi was quite um was quite amateurish but you could build on it so she's then introduced to a uh, a resistance operative called mr wu who suggests that uh, she pretends that she's in Shanghai now. She's uh, she's smuggling stuff for her husband between uh, Hong Kong and Shanghai. And uh, to actually try and make the contact with Mr. Yi, open that up again, become his mistress, and set him up for an assassination. So she does this. She manages to infiltrate herself right into the household of Mr. Yi through his wife, really. Yes. I mean, she basically becomes a um, sort of pretty plaything for uh, for Mr. Yi's wife. Mm. Who, you know, must be bored just with all that hanging about. Mm. And uh, she eventually manages uh, what, to... There was, uh, there was a line in the, in the story there that I thought was really remarkable. Uh, mm. I've managed to find it. Uh, Yi Tai Tai. Tai Tai here, the word means uh, lady, the lady, the wife. Yeah. It's, it's the, basically, it's the wife of a rich man who doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, the wife, uh, the the wife, wife doesn't that doesn't work, work yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yi Tai Tai was a, so a, a lady of leisure and yes. master, you know, mistress of a household, probably, probably commanding its servants imperiously. Yeah. Um, um, Yi Tai Tai was a little unpredictable at the age she was now. And we've been told earlier that she's a bit fat and old and wears a black cape mm. with a gold chain on it. Although she had a dowager's fondness for keeping young, pretty women clustered around her. Like a galaxy <laughs> of stars reflecting glory on the moon around which they circulated. She was just not yet too old for flashes of feminine jealousy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's just perfect. Yeah, and it, it's sort of interesting how uh, how the story seems to be more about this kind of thing than it is about all the spy stuff that you're talking about. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. the spy plot is kind of, well, I, we can carry on with that, but the spy yeah. plot is, 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 is almost a minor character in the, in the short story. Yeah. Well, I, I like to think that the, that the film kind of makes plain a lot of stuff that's implied in the story 
oh, you see, I think it completely fails at that. Mm, mm. Yeah. I think the movie stinks, to be honest. Oh, no, I, I, I'm, actually, I'm actually quite impressed with it. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 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 was, I was unhappy with it afterwards, and then when I read the story, I was, I was positively scandalized. I thought, how could you, how could you make that movie? That's, a, that's, that's, that's not, that's not appro- even appropriate as a, as a screen transfer of the, um, of the book, of the story. Hmm. So anyway, let's do some more of the... Okay. Well, um, yeah, eventually she actually manages to, uh, to tempt Mr. Yi uh, and becomes his mistress. There's uh, a number of um, quite, even vaguely, actually shocking sexual scenes in the film. In the, in the book, there's only two assignations, and they're only very yeah. briefly mentioned. There's absolutely um, nothing. Yeah. Nothing there's, about uh, weirdness yeah, that goes on there. No. And then half nothing. and then half the movie is sadomasochistic porn. Hmm. Yeah. So where did they get where did that come from? Yeah, that's Yeah, it came from I don't know if it came from it was Ang Lee the writer? I suppose he must have been, yeah. Yeah. Well, he certainly took a lot of pleasure in photographing it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is beautifully photographed. This movie, this In, whole thing. That's that's one way of putting it. It is. I, I, I find one of the things that annoys me about a movie of this kind is that it's so overblown. Uh, it's overlarded with production, photography, lighting, costumes, sets, um. Uh, to the detriment of the story. It's it's quite a common mistake, especially with well-funded movies. But yeah. for any director that, you know, I, I, I maybe there's a, the fashion is going away a bit, but, um, but for any director that's wanting to get the big awards, uh, that was yeah. kind of a necessary thing for many, many years. Um, well, we'll come it, to that in a moment. Can yeah. we finish this story? Sure. Because uh, because we're now kind of getting to the kernel of the story, is that uh, is that Mister Yi um, suddenly surprises uh, Ching uh, Ching yeah. with uh, with a an absolute with a trip to the, a jeweler's where uh, she's allowed to pick out a diamond. And not just any diamond, but the very thing that is at its rarest in Wartong, Shanghai, a coloured diamond. And a big one. Of six carats. Oh. A pink a diamond, yeah. Pink diamond of six carats. That's a lot of rock. And uh, so she, uh, she, she picks out the stone and then she sets up the moment when they're actually going to go together and pick the ring up to for his assassination. Uh, it's all set up, the men are in place, everything's, everything's organised. And then at the moment when she actually goes into the shop, she puts the ring on her finger, she says to him, and this is also something that, of course, in the book, she just says, She, whis- she whispers, run to him. Run. Yeah, in the uh, in the uncensored version of the film, she says, "Go, go quickly." 
in the censored version of the film, which got shown in China, she says, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that difference is super important. No, but uh, but anyway, she she gives him she gives him the heads up. She tells him to run. He shoots out of the shop like a cannonball, yeah, and uh, gets into the car, drives off within minutes. Because of course, Mister Yi is. Oh, we haven't actually he's, mentioned that. That's one. right. I mean, Mister Yi is the head of the secret police. Yeah, I mean, he's the political police. The, he's the, he's it's his job to round up. Um, yeah, uh, dissidents and spies and and untrustables and and murder them. Well, it, yeah. it, not murder, but oh. uh, to, um, interview, torture, oh. and murder them. Yeah, and murder. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the thing is, this does get mentioned at the end of the book and a little bit at the beginning of the film, is that his department is kind of under pressure because somebody higher up thinks it's superfluous, thinks, well, we've already got a Japanese department for this, why do we need a Chinese one? So the fact that he's going to bring in a big kill by roll, uh, rolling up this entire network, including, of course, his lover, is uh, is probably quite good for his job security. Yeah, it, it plays out a bit different in the book. The, the Might as well talk about one of my biggest um, problems with the movie uh, is that the way it's presented? The the the, the, the sort of like there's this important turnaround, right? Um, uh, uh, where Jejin, uh, sorry, uh, Jaiji, uh, Jaiji um, chooses to um, betray yeah. the resistance, chooses to chooses death for herself and, yeah. and everybody that's going to get caught uh, to tell this, um, to tell this man to go run. Yeah. And in the movie, this makes absolutely no sense to me. I can't, I can't, I can't make the slightest bit of sense in it because up to that point, we've had, um, We've had a very ambiguous presentation of Jaiji and her motives, and you know what's going on in her mind. Mm. Um, uh, it's it's she's just sort of like looks beautiful and and coy and averts her eyes a lot and mm. and just looks like she's being extremely cautious. Um, mm. And then uh, then there's one scene where close to the climax um she's with her uh former student pal and they go to see the yeah. resistance person that they're uh -huh. working for and her uh her she and her friend are saying we've got to get this hurry up and get this done it's dangerous and uh -huh. it's it's very stressful for for Jaiji. and uh the resistance guy is saying no we have to delay a little because there's more information that we want to gather. It's not really clear what. Um, and so clear, this is a fairly clear problem. The longer they, they operate this honeypot, the more danger it is of getting... Uh, mm. uh, because... Because, uh, because, because above all else, his wife might actually finally oh, yeah. twig. Uh, <laughs> yes, I mean, there's, there's all, all, all manner of ways that, that, that they can be exposed. This is an extremely badly run operation. That's one of the things that doesn't make sense about the whole damn thing, uh, is that uh, it's, 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 an, it's a ludicrously high risk 
activity to be going after the the boss of the secret police uh, mm. with a bunch of untrained amateurs. Mm. Um, so so that but but I'll leave that aside. The mm. the thing is that in this meeting, Jaiji declares just how horrible this whole activity has been for her so far. And in the movie, yeah. this has involved all this uh, sadistic sex that she's had to put up with from uh -huh. where, and this is one of the only moments in the movie where she sort of ex seems to express herself in an, uh -huh. uh, in, in a way, sort of like to give, give something of what's going on in her mind, because all the rest of the time, she's just kind of like screen decoration. It seems to me, this is another thing that annoys me about the Angley movie making, but, um, but at that point, she's and, and the language she uses is quite powerful, and so I thought that was that was pretty interesting. And then she's in a jeweler's, and she portrays everything for a fucking ring, just for a ring, right? For a stone. How does that make sense? You you care so much about? Oh, it, it's just jewelry. Yeah. Now I I couldn't see that. I couldn't see that. In the in the book, this is act this 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 whole thing takes a little bit of a, a, a backseat and is presented as being something kind of mysterious. Because in the in the in the run up to the to the actual the moment where she wish, where she whispers run in the mm. jewelers, there's there's a lot of internal monologue for Jaiji. Mm -hmm. In which she's clearly very stressed and worried about everything that could possibly go wrong. Mm. And the possibility exists is that she's just, she's freaked out. She's terrified. She's too, she doesn't, she kind of loses control. I mean, as one of the possibilities, but, but the book is completely unclear as to, as, as to why she chooses to do this in the movie. It seems to fill in the gap there and say, she thought that because of jewelry, this guy must love him. Sorry, this guy must love her, and uh, and and then she'll, you know, for that she'll, she'll she's ready to blow the cover on the whole thing, which means death for all of them. It just doesn't add up for for jewelry. No, it's not. It's what is not. it then? I mean, well, no, if the uh, in the uh, okay in the in the book. It says this. Uh, the, she actually like uh, looks at him, and then there's this bit halfway down page twenty-seven when she says, "He really loves me." She thought. Inside, she felt a raw tremor of shock, then a vague sense of loss. It was too late, and that's when she tells him to run. The thing is, uh, and this this actually is what he's done in in the um, in the in the film. Is that uh, she's somebody who's ignored by absolutely everybody in the movie. She's ignored by her father, who's gone off to London, taking her, her younger brother with him. Uh, he was going to send for her, but he hasn't done it. Now he's married an English wife. And, uh, you know, so she's just forgotten about. She's been ignored by the, by the, uh, by the glamorous student uh, who recruited her into all this bit because he's only got a mind for the revolution you know even even when he's when he's sort of taking a virginity it's all just because of the revolution 
In a, and then in finally, a, this monster, absolute, you know, complete sadistic monster who terrifies everybody and is played very, very creepily by the actor. But he's he's actually, she's got his attention. Well, in the in the story, I liked the the ambiguity about Mister Yi. I yeah. mean, it's not really clear what he does. The thing that they put into the film where he describes what he does in mm. uh, in, in a rather ludicrous scene where in a car where he oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it kind of has a socialist realist feel to it at that moment, doesn't it? Um, so you know, it, it, it's 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 made very very clear in the film that he's this uh, yes a, a monster, somebody who who mm. tortures people and doesn't seem to worry too much about it. In the book, on the other hand, he's he's in a more precarious situation, yeah. um, and and after after this goes down, he's he's got to worry about how how it's going to play out for him politically. I mean, after after the uh, the gang of students are all killed. There's still about another four pages of the story in that this, that shows life in Shanghai for this cast of characters going on without them hmm. and how are we yeah. going to look after ourselves and protect our status yeah. and, and our jobs and so forth and yeah, coming I mean, up with plots and schemes to do that. In both the in both the film and the book, it says that there have been two other attempts to to set up a honey trap for this guy before, and this is the one that's almost worked. Yeah, but um, of course, what we should uh, what we should maybe say is that this was based on vaguely based on a true story. Yes, and uh, the the girl was called Zeng Pingru. Uh, she was uh, half Chinese, half Japanese, and a known society beauty and, uh, and sort of society figure and everything. And uh, she did actually set up a whole thing to... Uh, hold on, I've got this guy's name here. Uh, set up a trap for... Ding Mukong. Yeah, the right. Japanese collaborator Zheng attempted to assassinate. Yeah, the um, yeah. The, the basics of this are quite simple, and it was yeah, here and even even actually the story about uh, about the uh, about the, the shopping expedition. Mm -hmm. Except he wasn't buying her a ring; he was actually going into a into a fur dealer's. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, she didn't actually tip him off and all that kind of stuff. That's that's all that's all made up. But uh, she was not uh, not executed at once because her um, her father was quite powerful and they wanted to get him involved in the collaborationist government. So she was actually held uh, for a long time, kind of hostage, whilst they whilst they tried to talk her, her father into into uh, coming on board. Yeah. And then eventually, when they decided it was hopeless, they just shot her. Yeah, she was only twenty-two at yeah. the time, yeah. which is pretty amazing. Um, and of course, at this time, uh, Eileen Chang was married to this guy called Hu Lanqing, was quite a bit older than her, who was also involved in the collaborationist government and who told her the story of this whole business this whole setup which yep. would not have been common knowledge at the time no 
and probably told her a lot of the sort of inside details and stuff. So that is where the, this, the genesis of this story actually starts, this whole business. Uh, yes, at least part of it. Yeah. Um, so the the spy plot part of it, the story, uh, the, the story as written by uh, Chang is, it's about Shanghai in wartime and the yeah. social uh, stuff going on there. What it was like with what how the students lived, how the the higher society, I guess upper middle class, you would call it, yeah, um, how they all lived yeah. uh, and their and their social etiquette, and it seems to be actually quite almost satirical. Mm. Of that, certainly not writing approvingly of the lifestyles and behaviors uh, mm. of, of these people. Uh, I mean, obviously not of the. Actually, it does seem to. It, Mr. Yi comes out as as a uh, as a less unpleasant, or at least in his social yeah. behavior, a less unpleasant character than the various women involved. In fact, it, it. I got in one of my notes when I was reading the story. I wrote down. It does seem rather rather sexist uh, her attitude towards uh, these these older women that the um uh yeah. that the character uh Zhaiji is 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 stuck with yeah well uh i think we should uh, avoid trying to uh trying to judge it with 21st century morals of, of course <laughs> you know but, I mean? and and that's and that's fair enough the um it's a but and yes, and it's very easy to imagine um, a, oh, what am I trying to say here? Um, a very capable and individual thinking type person uh, like Eileen mm. Chang mm. being in that situation and having been a student and uh, and, and understanding the, the political turmoil uh, of the situation, having, uh, it's easy to understand her having a rather negative attitude towards the previous generations and their and their various displays yeah. of decadence. Yeah. Especially in the situation of, uh, of you know, a war-stricken country. Mm. I mean, the point, uh, what what's the date that the story is supposed to be taking place? It's it's sort of around 39 or thereabouts. So it's, it covers actually well, it, two two intervals, three years separated, right? Exactly four years, I think. Okay. Uh, once in thirty-nine, I suppose the the uh, the all the stuff in Shanghai must be forty-three or something like that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So by the time the the second period has come across, the 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 consequences of the war for China have been enormous. Yeah, um, I mean, this was this was sort of fought a bit like. I thought a little uh, different, of course, but you know, I mean, it's a bit like the uh, the Nazis versus the Red Army. The the Nazis yeah. were technologically much more advanced and better organized, but they were the invading force, and uh, and the Red Army was able to fight back with with enormous numbers, and mm. eventually that was enough, and and so it seems also with the Chinese versus the the more technically advanced and better organized. Uh, Japanese, they 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 had to just throw huge numbers of people at it, and eventually that, well, also with some technical support from the West, eventually, and, and mm, yeah. that that helped. But by by forty three, the the losses had been like in in the tens, if not up to about twenty million at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, enormous. Yeah. It's unimaginable, isn't it? Yes. So I mean, in, in that, that's that. I'm just 
I'm not, mm. I don't know much about this war, but I mean, that's the situation that they were in, in Shanghai, with a collaborationist government, with Japanese uh, troops around, with uh, some pretty scary treatment mm. for a lot of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if well, you're it's... and if you're su suitably politically positioned, then you can carry on going to cafes and cinemas and whatnot, and 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 live a live a genteel life. Yeah. Did you not notice that? Um, okay, you, you talked about how um, uh, Mr. Yi in the in the book comes across as a sort of uh, well, not nearly as sinister. Yeah. Because we le does. we learn nothing about his work in the in the story, yeah. don't we? But um, from the uh, but the 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 uh, the character of Mister Yi, if you compare that to the photo of uh, of Ding Mo uh, Mokon, Mokan, yes, Mokan, the yeah. uh, uh, who, the who you know I suppose m might have been who who Eileen Chang was was uh, basing the character on. Mm. There's there's quite a, more of a similarity than you would get from the book, shall we say? Maybe. I mean, yeah, uh, it's uh, the actor playing him in the uh, in the movie is uh, is a bit better looking, but he still uh, he still has these absolutely dead eyes. Yes, um, which are very striking. Yes, I mean the the book's very different from the uh, from the film in this because in the film he's described as a squat fifty year old. And yeah. in in the book, he's this dashing. Um, Although he is shorter than her, yeah, and he's he's a very short man. Yes, but and a lot of the camera angles and the setups have been done to to exaggerate this. Yeah, you get the impression that Eileen Chang looked pretty tall as well, didn't she? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's even a there's even a whole scene which doesn't happen in the book at all. Where they're in this this Japanese sort of entertainment parlor, and he's sitting cross-legged on the floor while she sings to him, mm. and she's standing, and that's that's all done. And also, the camera is quite low down at that point. That's all done just to just to emphasize the difference in heights. There's all, there's also there's a scene at the tailor's when he's getting a suit made, and she's standing next to him. Yes. And the way that's shot is just to make sure that everybody knows that he's one of those sawn-off bastards that you can't trust. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's described as in the in the book he doesn't he doesn't he seems older and um yeah. and you know he's just not not nothing to look at. Uh, yeah. In the in the book he's um, sorry in the movie he's. Um, well, yes, short, but he's um, he's well put together. He's very muscular. He's mm. lean and, uh, and yeah, elegant. Nothing like the sort of uh, matinee idol looks of uh, hold on, what's this guy's name? Wang Lee Horn. Uh, no, is that who I'm thinking of? Uh, yes, that's right. Who um, who is a, a huge star of the Chinese music scene? Who's playing Quang uh, Yumin? I've no idea what we're on about now. Well, the guy who's uh, who's in the um, who's in the the theatre group that then gets in contact yes. with the, the who she's actually kind of secretly was that in the love with. Was that the director of the uh, of the theatre group? Yes. 
Oh, and the movie. That, that's the guy you're yes. talking about. Yeah, he does yeah. look a little better. This, sorry, talking about the looks of everything. Huh. One of the things that I did kind of feel as a bit kind of, it's part of this quintessentialism that I'm talking about in the movie stars is that everybody looks perfect all the time, no matter what they've been doing all day. So this guy's, you know, our, our Mr. Yi has been uh, busy torturing people all day. And then mm. he comes out and he's, uh, and, and his, his shirt is, it's like his freshly pressed shirt that he put on in the morning. His tie's mm. perfectly straight. You know, he's clean shaved and he's just been to the barber shop. I, you know, it's just like he stepped out on a Friday evening after having, uh, you know, mm. groomed himself to go and impress the ladies. And it's always like that throughout the entire movie. It's an emphasis on the aesthetics of looking at movies, of us as the audience looking at the glorious creation of a director. Um, and this provides a, um, a sort of a feeling of, a sort of and, and the coloring uh, of the movie it's all set with yeah. with very yellow uh warm colored tungsten light or looking sort of stuff yeah. throughout and everything's rather dimly lit um so it's all about ap- atmosphere and, aesthet- and and visual aesthetics in a way that i found it's like why make this is a this is a cool story about um you know it's it, in a sense and sense it's a spy thriller Right. Hmm. Um, yeah. I know, yeah. But there were I, I, there were a lot of movies around that time, and Ang Lee's certainly in in that hmm. in that in that box that likes to make glorious looking movies. Well, yeah. I mean, I I can't get over the fact that this was the guy who did um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Why is that? About, oh God, have you never seen that? Yes, I'd said. Yeah, I said, I know the movie, but I why can't you get over that? Uh, because. Uh, I, I mean, that's another. That's another exercise in outrageously complicated, beautiful movie making. Yeah, and not think, much story. Right. Really. It, it's just a. It's just a beautiful thing to look at. It's a fun. It's. It's basically an action movie that where you enjoy action, but it was also part of a um, a, a short fashion for where movies that were basically all about dance action. You know, mm. wires, uh, sort of action, which is a combination of dance and high wire, you know, and the wires and choreography and and filming it in a way that's just stunning. There are a few movies like that at the uh, roughly the same time that we all enjoyed. Yeah, I, I once got a, a wonderful one called uh, I think it's two thousand and eight. Is that it? No, it was called Heroes in Portuguese. Yeah, and I got it as a uh, I got it with a pizza. Oh. Good. Um, back then, you used to if you if you ordered a ordered a pizza, you used to they used to come around and bring you a movie as well on DVD. And um, is that a that rental? Was, yeah, that was that was back when I actually did things like order a pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's you know it's twenty years ago, but well, um, people still do that, you know. Yeah, I know, but I don't think they get movies anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I think DVD rentals has kind of gone away now. Yeah. Well, you said, I mean, I've, I've got it somewhere, actually, because I keep all my DVDs. Yeah, but Hero, was, I think it was, yeah, I remember a movie called Hero. It was around the same time. It was a similar yeah. kind of thing. It was yeah. very, very, very beautiful. Um, it, was, it was better than, than Crouching I thought so, too. It was, more, it yeah. was more exciting, more fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
particularly the bit where they're, where they're sword fighting each other in the rain whilst that guy plays the, the koto or whatever. Yes. And I, yes. I also distinctly remember a, um, a volley of arrows. Yeah, that's right. The calligraphy right. school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I should watch oh. that one again. Um, yeah, we should, yeah. But then... But then <laughs> Ang Lee also did uh, Brokeback Mountain, didn't he? Brokeback Mountain, which I've, I've actually never seen. Yeah. It, it's yeah. a bit boring, I thought. Mm. goes on too long. That's another thing about this. Two and a half hours mm. too long for this. It's a, it's a short story. It's a quick read. <laughs> yeah, but I although, guess he wanted to stretch it out with a lot of sex scenes. Yeah, it's it's not just that. Um, okay. Right. Can I, can I sort of uh, bring in a couple of ideas here? Uh, like, Okay, uh, Eileen Chang was part of the um, of well is usually put together with the with the literary movement called in China called the Fourth of May. Mm-hmm. Yes, which was um, actually there's one theory that says that the the first part of this story is is kind of ridiculing the Fourth of May movement because it produced amongst other things a lot of uh, the kind of plays that uh, the, the drama group is putting on at the beginning of the story. Well, to be clear, um, as I understand it, and this is not something I've... This is something I've only just learned a little bit about recently, but for yeah, me, me too, yeah. um, uh, literature is Chinese patriotic political literature mm. that responds to... Um, I say probably more than just Japanese imperialism, but you know any yeah, just uh, any, any imperial encroachment from uh, and colonial encroachment from yeah. uh, from 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 the West as well, including yeah. Russia. Well, on, on top of that, there's a couple of very interesting diff- uh, details which uh, which kind of are to be celebrated. Which is uh, first of all the use of vernacular language instead of sort of stylized, uh, you know old-fashioned Chinese that they're actually writing in everyday uh, language. And um, secondly, the fact that uh, there were a lot of women involved in it and women uh, protagonists in stories and the women's voices were starting to come out. Was this an influence from the communists? No, it wasn't. It it kind of uh, predates that and... um, or you know pre predates the the uh, i think uh the the influence of the of the communist party in cultural matters and one of the great uh because it was also about opening china up to influences from the outside and to actually you know be uh not just doing this this sort of uh very antique cranky sort of stylized thing but to actually take take in a sort of a theatrical and literary traditions from outside of China and to adapt them to what was going on there. And amazingly, one of the sort of holy texts of this was uh, Oscar Wilde's Zalome. Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, there's up on the Substack page. There's a long article. It's very interesting. It's really worth reading about the influence of Zalame on Chinese literature from this time. I did- now, how does this come back to our story? What happens in Zalame? There's a murder. Yeah. All right. Yes. But um, but by demanding the head of John the Baptist. Uh, so that she can finally kiss his mouth 
Zalame actually starts her own destruction. Yeah. You see? And, uh, you know, she's supposed to do that in order to please her mother, who's, who's fed up with him preaching out of this great hole in the ground all the time. Uh, the opera's really worth seeing. But, uh, but in actual fact, she's got her own scheme. What? You confuse me even more now. Yeah. So Who's got her then, own scheme? Then, Zalame, Zalame does? All right. Yeah, Zalame. Okay. And uh, and so Zalame is used is kind of used like a tool by everybody all the way through the play. Do this, do that. Take your clothes off. Dance around. Uh, ask for the head of John the Baptist. But then she finally does something which is uh, which is completely unacceptable. But it's actually her her own agenda. Yeah. And that fits in with the form of this story. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. It's not an exact fit, but you well, know. Look, the I, I still I still contend that there's ambiguity here. Um, oh, of course, yeah. Because we've got we've got this set up um, to, like you said, on page twenty-seven of the particular mm-hmm. version that we're looking at, um, and then this one liner, um, mm-hmm. and in fact, she which says she really loves me. She thought. Mm-hmm. Inside, she felt a raw tremor of shock and then a vague sense yeah. of loss. Now, that second sentence doesn't really say much. It could go, that could be to do with the realization of how dangerous this all is and just panic is oh. setting in. Uh, but he really loves me, she thought. That doesn't say anything about her feeling towards him. Yeah, I think it's also just the recognition of what's going to uh, what what probably attracts me to this whole story is there's this moment of where it all hangs in the air and there's this recognition of this is what's going to happen now and I'm going to start it happening but there's nothing I can do that will change that. It's very, very sort of uh, very oriental thing in a way. This, this sort of fatalism. This. Yes, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, a, like I said, the the uh, for a couple of pages before this, uh, it's all in the thoughts in the head of yeah. uh, Shaiji, uh, mm-hmm. and her contemplation of every detail about the setup, every the lines of sight. Who is going to know what? Are the are his are the accomplices in place? Would yeah. their movements uh, be be observed by the bodyguard? Uh, yeah. Are they going to be considered suspicious? And so on and so on and so on. And so it's it's this build up towards this moment where, run, she said softly. Uh, yeah. It's a big build up to that, and at that point, it's all turned around. That's yep. the that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, then um, we get some of some action, and then the rest, of, a lot of the rest of the story, which is just a few more pages, is in the head of um, of Mister Yi. Yeah, where he is now thinking about uh, about this. I can't remember now. How did she? Did he think? Yeah, he th- he basically thought of Zhai uh, Ji as a silly student. Uh, she, yeah. We're not going to get anything useful out of her. 
Um, well, no, I think think he he uh, he realizes. Oh, she must have really loved me. I bet she hated me at the end. Mm. Yeah, very dismissive. Yeah, and and immediately starts thinking more about the practicalities of his predicament now that this is going mm. down. How does he make this? Uh, how does he make this work to his to his advantage? Yeah, um, and and she she immediately sort of disappears from the story chaiji and in the end we've just got the the old la- the, the ladies playing mahjong and thinking about what restaurant they're going to yeah yeah she just kind of disappears yeah uh, and these and, and, and the in both of in both the film and the story you um i think this is maybe a little bit more graphically done in the in the movie um you've got this uh collection of students who uh, take it upon themselves to just go and do a most audacious murder. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that probably is what happened. Yeah? Well, you know, I'm sorry, uh, you know, Zeng Pingru was, you know, it was a society girl. She was 22. Yes. Now I can yeah. imagine. Now it, in Shanghai, I can, yeah. I can, I can accept the the idea that there's a uh, an organised um, resistance there with people that know what they're doing who can direct her. Uh-huh. I can they can give her the job and, and tell her how to do it and you know and basically handle her. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But in the uh, in the first version of the att- uh, of the honeypot attempt, oh, yeah. it was. Uh, you remember the scene in the movie where they all put their their hands in in what looks like a very American sort of team sports mm. way, um, and they all put their hands in, deciding it's like, yeah, let's all go murder someone. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah, I, I, I don't God know. I think, I, I think maybe stuff like that did happen. Maybe maybe that's how it would go. <sighs> maybe a situation like that. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I hope I'll never find out. Yeah. <laughs> God. Well, we're not students anymore, so it probably wouldn't be us. Oh, God. But um, were you? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, we should we should actually um, mention here that uh, uh, Tseng Pingru's family was absolutely appalled when this story came out, mm. uh, and uh, and I think even more when the film came out. Yeah, uh, and. Um, well, but I mean, basically, because uh, in the story, uh, it's it's her who, her who who lets him escape, and that wasn't how it went down in real life. Yes, and, uh, and they were really, really horrified that that somebody was was portraying a version of events like that. We should point that out. Well, fair enough, but yeah, this is a fictional version that's based upon a story. Yeah. It's not a historical. No, no retelling it's not, of it. Um, it it's it, it's the it's a um, it's an inspiration. It's an idea that yeah. Imagine that this young woman. So now um, now and go and write a story around uh, around a, a honeypot yeah. like that. Yeah. Were you reminded at all of the night porter? No, because I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. No. Well, I did oh, see oh. your, I did see your thing, um, your, uh, yeah, that 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 looks like a weird movie. 
it is a weird movie. But um, yeah, uh, there are parallels that can be drawn. Yeah. Shall we just say? Mm. <laughs> Ang Lee claims to have been hugely influenced by Ingmar Bergman. I didn't get that. <laughs> well, I've I've generally found uh, Bergman so boring. I just I I haven't managed to get an impression. You know, I I I I can't hardly get through the movies. Okay. Well, uh, my boredom threshold is famously sort of a bit further than yours. I, I don't think. know about that. It depends what we're talking well, about, doesn't it? <laughs> We should actually, yeah, it does depend what we're talking about. Um, my or oh, better, better put, I think my my pretension threshold is probably a lot higher than yours. Yes, well, you know, you've got this admiration for great artists, and I've got a suspicion of them. I think probably because of that, I was I was very taken with this movie. I can't I can't pretend I wasn't. I yeah. enjoyed it. I mean, apart from occasional anachronisms, like what is that London taxi doing <laughs> there? Oh, I, in... I thought that, that I mean, there, there was a huge amount of um, English colonial influence in Shanghai. Yes, uh, I that's mean, it true, was, it was the, that... they ch it was Japanese that chased the British out, wasn't it? Yes, but that London taxi was not in production until about 1954. Oh. Okay. It, and it, it just looks uh, when they've got all the details absolutely right. There's, How do you uh, know? Well, Mister Lee's been driven around in a in a Ford V8 Pilot. Okay, they haven't managed to uh, make it run on charcoal, but uh, you know at least they've made an effort. The um, I thought the street scenes were again a lot of quintessentialism. Um, a lot of you know this is what you do in a movie to make it look. Um, sort of, and they, apart from anything else, again, all too clean. Uh, apart from the, that one scene we had where um, where dying people are stretching it out, stretched out on the street. Mm. Um, you know, even the people hand, uh, you know waiting for um, waiting for rations looked good. E everything everything looked wonderful in the middle of a war, and it's also you know it's nineteen forties China. It's not mm. that well developed. I don't know. It, it's um, it, for me. It was an exercise in movie making rather than anything else. Well, I guess it has to be. What am I talking yeah, about? All ex be, yeah. all movies are exercise in movie making. But it's a yeah. I don't know. There are different styles of movies. This is not my favorite. But okay. yeah, I I know my biggest concern was so big concern number one is this this emphasis on on style and beauty of the of the film as a product for people to enjoy. Another one, too much sex, uh, which seemed gratuitous, given that we're stretching a short story out to two and a half hours and you pad it out with, with you've got a lot of things you could pad it out with, but that's what he chose to pad it out with. Oh. It's, not in, the, it's not in the story. Um, and, well, and finally, the bigger, as biggest thing, as I said, was the, was, was the way it made Jaiji look oh. like a traitor for oh, getting oh. a ring. So like she yeah. she wasn't she wasn't able to believe that he really loved her after all that that sex that they maybe enjoyed or maybe I don't know it's confusing because there was they had that scene about where she said she didn't enjoy it right but the 
uh, after all of that, this long relationship they had, which wasn't in the story, this long relationship, it was only with the ring that she believed that there was love. And, you know, mm. all that caution, all that suspicion, all that not knowing uh, if this person knows that this is a trap or is suspicious that this is a trap, all of that throughout, all of a sudden, suddenly, one diamond and now... I'm in love, and mm. no, that—that that for me, that wasn't a—that wasn't a fair treatment of the character. That's—that's that's not okay. Yeah, I—I I, I think that's—I uh, think that's not an entirely fair reading. But um, it's what I saw. Yeah, there's there's other scenes in there. The scenes when the scene when she's singing to him and he bursts into tears. I, what does that mean? Uh, he's somebody who's not really shown emotion. Uh, throughout the entire uh, the entire time, and then suddenly he's showing lots of emotion. That means something. But uh, another thing I wanted to wanted to uh, just mention, just right at the end here, was uh, was actually all the sex, because um, that meant the fact that there was all of this, all of the sex in it. Meant for a start that uh, that it was it got him into a lot of trouble in China. It got uh, who some the actors uh, Ang Lee. Okay. It got it got uh, it got some of the actors into trouble in China as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it it was all cut out anyway for for the for the Chinese uh, Chinese print. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's it's. It's kind of interesting when I watched the film the second time after I'd done a little bit of research on it, I actually found myself trying to work out okay, where would you cut there? You know, yeah, and wondered if he if he actually worked out because some of those cuts will go quite neatly, there's no big problem with continuity. So I wondered if he'd actually worked that out that he was probably going to have to put cuts in before uh, I, whilst he was making the movie. I should think so I mean this was yeah. he's not he's uh, a he's a pro he's got he's got lawyers he's he yeah they, they know what to expect so he must also, must have been preparing for this also you know this is somebody who's who's won Oscars and all this kind of stuff and uh there's one thing you know that um a film like that is going to get the 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 highest classification you know that you can possibly get in uh, for for public release, mm -hmm. and it's very hard to win an Oscar for something like that. Well, if you've been repressed by the Chinese, that scores points in Hollywood, doesn't it? Well, I don't know. They uh, this film was not terribly, you know, well received by uh, by critics and uh, and opinion makers when it came out yeah. in you know in in America and. Uh, I, th I think it did well in Venice, but uh, but apart from that, yeah, okay. And so that's that's actually quite a quite a serious commercial decision. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, and uh, as you said, the uh, the the sex is referred to in kind of two sentences. Yeah, uh, in the story, one where where it's it's um, one that's called it's compared a to to taking a scalding hot bath. <laughs> one of them is is if I recall right is is referred to as a tryst, and the other one an assignation. Oh. <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we'll let you, gentle listener, decide what happens in the tryst and what happens in an assignation. <laughs> but there's, oh, there's actually, just before we leave the sex, there is one wonderful thing that I turned up in whilst doing the research for this, which I can only imagine is what happens when you take a journalist from, from Scotland's Sunday Post uh, give them a whole load of cocaine and make them the publicity man for a movie like this. Because there was a newspaper story which said that doctors' waiting rooms were filled with couples who had had terrible injuries trying to recreate the sex scenes in this movie. <laughs> what? Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Yeah, you you, you got to love the British press, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, a Midlothian <laughs> couple had to call the fire brigade. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, it wasn't actually in the British. It wasn't uh, in a British newspaper. I forget which newspaper it was in, but it just had that sort of that sensationalism thing that you used to get in the Sunday Post. I mean, not that anybody who was ever involved with the Sunday Post ever had sex, you understand. (laughs) But uh, they always used to print stories about getting taken in by fast-talking bin men. (laughs) (laughs) And sort of, you know, outbreaks of weird tropical diseases in Ayrshire. (laughs) Okay, there's a bit halfway through because we were talking about uh when she when when ang lee was uh, was talking about being influenced by other directors and bergman and all this kind of stuff um i wondered because there's a bit halfway through this movie where she goes to the cinema and she's watching brief encounter mm-hmm. and uh and she's all like moved and in tears about it and uh, I thought that actually that might be some kind of a joke because Brief Encounter uh, is a little bit like a an Eileen Chang story called Sealed Off in the way that uh, that these two characters have a conversation completely sealed off from 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 everything else because they're in a tram that's stopped because mm. part of the city's been sealed off. Yeah. And that's a little bit like Brief Encounter, isn't it? Or maybe yeah. maybe that's a bit too fishing. Well, but, I mean, these connections are always, you know, if they, yeah, if they if stimulate you to some interesting thought. movie in a movie, it, doesn't, it means something. It doesn't, well, maybe, but it doesn't really yeah. matter, right? It's up to your interpretation. This is my point about uh, me standing by my interpretation. It doesn't matter oh. what the intention of the, uh, uh, well, only to some extent, it doesn't matter what the intention of the director was or the actors or whoever, right? I see what I see on the screen. I, what am I supposed mm. to do about that? That's... You know, I'm wrong because they intended something different. Fuck you. No, no, it's what you took from it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if there's a connection between between these things that you can um, turn into something meaningful from which you can learn, then why not? Mm. Go right ahead. They don't have to have intended it. Yeah. Yeah, I got one last question for you. Okay. What does a sea dragon? Sorry, what does a sea dragon sashay through doors like? 
<laughs> well, I think that's probably there's there's probably a lot of tail movement, isn't there? I have no idea. I mean, yeah. it, it was it, it was a simile that that really. Uh, <laughs> really made me stop and think. Uh, normally, we breeze through stories like this. There, you know, it, it's 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 a story that's meant to be read through in a nice, flowing way, you know, to keep you interested. And then I just had to stop and say, I have no idea what sea dragons sachet through doors like. What? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, I'm, I mentioned something with some kind of long train, or you know, um, and she's uh, what? Yeah. Something, something that uh, that that moves in a sort of undulating way as well. Uh, it's interesting. Well, maybe that's down to the translation. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to pick up some of her, some of the stuff that she'd written in English. See what that's like. But I mean, it would be certainly it yeah. would have been a lot easier for the translators to have she, a bit of both. Uh, she also translated other Chinese authors into English. Yeah. You know, she's, uh, she's oh, did you know the the translator of the particular version that we read uh, mm-hmm. has written what apparently is a very engaging history of the first and second Sino-Japanese wars? Sorry, no, uh, the first and second um, Opium Wars. Opium Wars. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, might be that worth a look. I've I did write one note that got special asterisks on it um, that might be. Uh, a, a legal get-out clause for Ang Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. At the end of the, towards the end of the story, uh, Mr. Yi thinks she wouldn't have loved him if he'd been the sentimental type. So maybe there's the, maybe yeah. there's the one little clue to some sort of a sadomasochistic thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you are dealing with, with an author who uses words very, very sparingly. Yes. Well, especially when they're the important ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, so. there's, there's plenty of words here and there that, um, you know, that set, you know, decorate and spice and color of the scenes. And those are nice oh. flowing bits. And then, then the, the crucial ones are just like short sentences right there. Yeah. Yeah. I did enjoy the style of the uh, style of the writing. Makes me wonder, though, it must be so very, very different to read Chinese literature written in Chinese. I mean, that's got a whole completely different tradition. Yeah. Right. I, 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 I how, how distant must that be? I have no idea. I just can't even begin to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I hope that for our listeners, if if any of them are still there after this, uh, that we've managed to open the open the door, or maybe pull aside the curtain a little bit. <laughs> sashayed through a door like a sea dragon. <laughs> oh, sashayed through the doorway like a sea dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you.